Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated to helping sales development professionals get better at their jobs and push the practice of sales development forward. This is a place for practitioners in the trenches every day getting it done, whether they're called SDRs, BDRs, ADRs, or others. It's a team charged with creating pipeline out of inbound lead activities and outbound approaches. My name is David Delaney, and I'm the host of the Sales Development Podcast. If you've got subjects you'd like to hear covered on the show or guests you'd like to hear from, hit me up via email at david at tenbound.com or LinkedIn or Twitter, or be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you found us. Today, I've got a good friend of mine, Mark Cosigo with Outreach. Mark is the VP of Sales at Outreach and growing tremendously. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show today and, and joining us on the Sales Development Podcast. Yeah, man, no problem. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying good friend. A casual acquaintance is probably more accurate. <laughs> Come on, man. I've seen you at your worst, you know, so that's, that's just... <laughs> sure have. I haven't I haven't seen you at your best yet, but um, definitely no, uh, no. Thank you, thanks so much for for jumping on. And you know, I just wanted it to be a, a wide ranging conversation. And the you know the the point of the podcast is to help sales development practitioners, individual contributors, managers, directors, anybody involved in sales development to to get better and push the practice forward. So I thought you know let me go to the source, man. This is the guru of all sales development and sales um, <laughs> right here. Um, so Mark, how did you get involved in this whole space? I mean, your origin story is super interesting at at, um, at Outreach. Um, could you give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, man. Uh, no problem. So my background is much more traditional sales, definitely not SaaS or tech sales. I uh, actually was worked in the education space for a long time, selling stuff to school districts. And, uh, you know, worked my way up from a rep to uh, a sales leader there. And uh, what I found was that, um, you know, the the key component to a successful salesperson was the religiousness and the discipline they had around prospecting. And so I was out looking for a tool that would kind of help my sales team be more disciplined and process-driven with prospecting and came across outreach and, you know, uh, basically, after talking to our CEO and the other co-founders and, you know, Andrew Kinzer and those guys, that uh, literally I thought one day, this thing is like insane. And I quit my job and asked them if I could uh, sell for them on 100% commission. And, and Manny acted like my SDR. And it was the first time I'd ever had someone that just kind of teed up prospects for me to throw into a system and a process that I could just like – deal with the meetings and stuff that it generated. And, and so we kind of really, you know, the SDR thing a couple of years ago was a little bit more nuanced and not quite widely uh, accepted as it is now. So we just kind of went off of that prospect, uh, that, uh, that process and built out an, an SDR team. And, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job with it now. Yeah. No, you guys are crushing it. I, I want to dive into all the specifics of how you set it up. But, uh, you know, before all these Cadence products came out to market, I mean, it was just chaos, man. I mean, you were using spreadsheets and, you know, piece of paper on your desk and Salesforce leads and all these different things. So when you first, uh, you know, came on board, what was it about it that made you want to jump in and check it out? Yeah, so I was using um, a competitor product, and it just wasn't cutting it. Like the tech wasn't quite right. We were on exchange, and so um, the thing about it for me 
that made a lot of sense was the sequences feature. And I knew that like for me, what made me a great sales rep when I was an individual contributor was the fact that I kind of had like this sequence of events that I would follow. I'd email them and then a couple of days later I'd call them and then I'd email them again a couple of days after that and you know, stop by the school or the school district or whatever a few days after that. And I kind of had this like whole uh, process that I would do. And when I saw the demo for the first time and I saw that I could build all that out and just have people put uh, prospects into the engine and have automated actions happen and then the other tasks queued up for easily being able to look at it and uh, execute on it. It was like super simple. It's, it's kind of hilarious. This other competitor that we have, I actually have a blog post on their blog still. It's like one of the very first posts. And if you look at it, it's, it's an outreach sequence that I have on their blog that like, hey, this is how to do sales correctly. And so it's just, you know, my philosophical way of doing sales, it just matched that perfectly. And, and I saw a way to like kind of uh, systematize something that had uh, to that point seemed like difficult to do that with. And as you set up your sales development team, how did you, you know, jump in and start using the product to, to support your, your progress? Because I mean, you guys went from you know, zero to something in a very short time period. Yeah, me and another guy went from zero to a million in about three and a half months of wow. million dollars ARR. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so how do we use outreach to fuel that? It's really yeah. simple. I mean, we just built out a, a sequence that we thought would work, and at that time it was mostly automated because we just didn't have enough manpower to uh, support manual tasks and phone calls. So we just fed the machine. You know, it's not necessarily something we were proud of, or that I would think would be a, a best practice to do now, but it was a great way to start a company. And so we would just fill it up with a bunch of stuff that Manny would go out and get for us. You know, Manny is a insightful, inspiring, like get the best out of you leader. But he's also a dude that'll get in the trenches and throw the muck and get as dirty as it takes to get to get the job done. And that, that's what he would do. He used to sit up until 2 a.m., uh, you know, mining leads for me while he's drinking wine and watching Downton Abbey on PBS. <laughs> you know, and, I wake up in the morning with like, here's 800 more leads. Go get them, Mark, and I put them in the machine and go get them. So nice. No, that's great to see the the CEO right there with you, trying to build up the initial traction, right? Um, not just sort of ordering you around and <laughs> telling you what to do. Yeah, it, right. That doesn't work at all. And as you guys sort of matured, and we know that you know, there's definitely starting to be some some fatigue, you know, in the market of the messaging that's coming out and the, the sequences. What's working now for you? Or is it just using the product as you have been, or are there two or three things that have been working, you know, well now in September of 2016? Yeah, so we just had a interesting thing happen, and our SDR productivity was really compromised for about four weeks. And now, thank God, we had a tool that showed us that that was happening, and we were able to take corrective action before it had like negative impact on our actual results. It definitely made things harder for about six weeks. We were still able to drive the business through, and. What we learned in that is like this whole account-based sales BS, you know, the whole movement that's basically just like do sales the right way, you know, don't be stupid and think of yourself like a marketer and spam a thousand people a day or something like that, right? And so um, if you look at that, it all centers around personalization. And in order to really personalize something, you have to do research. 
And so we brought in a guy, uh, and he was here for a little while, that really was on that train. And I think he actually went over the line. Like the law of diminishing returns eventually kicks in. Like you can't write one killer email that has fairy dust all over it that gets you a meeting a day and like think that you did your job because you got one meeting a day. You know what I mean? Like Mm. the world can't survive on one meeting a day. And so we, what we did is we actually crossed over the line and we were doing too much research and too much personalization. And the amount of time that we were spending trying to find the right messaging that showed that we were human and, you know, cared about them and all that kind of stuff, it went overboard. And, and actually, if you kind of look at graphs, our time of research and composing messaging and stuff like that was like going off the charts in the upward direction and our productivity was going down. And so what we just, we had to kind of recalibrate and back things up. And there's a level of personalization that's useful and good and shows that you're a human on the other side of the email and on the other side of the phone. And then there's a level that is just, you know what, I don't like to make cold calls. And like, I'd like to take 20 minutes to write an email. And so I'm going to mask that by saying that I'm being super personalized. And so we had to dial it back and find the right, you know, balance for our business and the people that we reach out to. And now that might not be the same balance for other people in other industries and selling other products. But for us, we dialed it back and like within two weeks, we saw like a two and a half X increase in productivity. So that's what we've learned. That's something that uh, you know, uh, something that has changed uh, recently with all the noise is that, like, I think that there's a diminishing law of return on personalization. That if you cross it over, cross over that, you're you're going to be in trouble, and you're going to have diminished productivity. Yeah, I could see that happening for sure. And and let me ask you this: Was it you know a mandate across the SDR team to have everyone you know really dig in on the personalization, or was it just one outlier kind of individual who was getting way too in the weeds with it? Yeah, I think we just rolled it out incorrectly. We should have tested it with a couple people. Mm. Uh, but with, you know, with how our tool works, you can immediately shift gears into a different kind of a process with your salespeople at a moment's notice to to take advantage of something that's happening in your market or to like if you know, let's say that I need a bunch of small deals to hit a number this month. Like I can immediately tune the entire uh, SDR organization to go after those type of accounts versus mm-hmm. if I have a super strong pipeline and I want to build some home runs, I can move the whole SDR organization to that in a matter of in a matter of an hour. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened is is you know, that kind of power and, and flexibility, if you uh, aren't being really careful, uh, can be dangerous. And so that's what happened is, is we got a couple young leaders that just got a little too zealous and they moved everybody over into something a little bit too fast instead of taking taking it slow. So No, that is interesting. And I, I remember when we were using your product, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Because it's a very, very powerful tool, but it has to be, you know, used strategically and and not just sort of haphazardly, right? Yeah, well, you know, if you give a uh, 16-year-old the phone and tell him to call IBM, he's going to shoot himself in the foot, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's a, there's an analogous situation with if you give you know a sales team that doesn't have a good leader with a real strategic uh, mindset that understands what they're doing and is actually a real leader, uh, a tool like ours, yeah, you can do some some uh, negative things. But I don't think that you know that hap- that stuff would happen anyway with that kind of a team. Eventually, they would find their way to uh, to negative things. Yeah, because uh, it you know they're they're not they don't have the right structure in place, but 
uh, I think that we can help put that structure in place when there's free reign too. You know, we've worked with a lot of great sales teams that just needed more structure and more discipline and, and then we can provide that. And in the same way also, you know, we've had sales teams that were too structured and too disciplined and needed a little bit more creativity injected into them and we can help with that. Yeah. I mean, it just really depends a lot on where the sales team is in the maturity, you know, where, what market they're going into, what verticals they might be calling into. It's, it's completely different, right? Based on, on what the current situation is of the sales team. So it's, it's like, you know, I see the, Outreach platform sort of is is just that. It's a foundational platform that you can tweak based on what you need, you know, in your sales process, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> this is going to show my central Pennsylvania conservative roots, but like, it's like the gun, you know? People want to ban guns, but a gun never killed anybody. The person that pulled the trigger kills somebody. Right. And so, you know, outreach is somewhat similar to that. Like, you know, it can, uh, you know, kill you something that you can feed your family with and survive or you know you can do something really stupid with it but it's the person that's in control of the tool that determines that yeah and and looking back i mean not to you know beat up on anybody but looking back on what happened with your dip in productivity um you know what what did you kind of learn from that uh, situation that you could take forward as you're strategizing your next attack yeah well well this is what i learned is like there's certain things that i'm responsible for right like i'm responsible for the revenue and if i'm responsible for that key thing there's certain parts of that are certain things that we do that are so tied to the performance of revenue and revenue generation in the org that if they screw up it's really detrimental and what we found is the type of sequencing that we use on our prospects is maybe one of the most important things that's done in the entire company. And we talk about this all the time and people can call it trite or whatever, but like SDRs are the heartbeat of outreach. Our SDRs are responsible for everything that happens. And people will say, well, why don't you pay them like that? Listen, I understand that whole argument and I can get down in the weeds about that if you want to, but like, you know, ultimately they are one of the most important positions in the entire company. And so, like, if you uh, screw up how they work, then everything screws up. And what we like to say is if the SDRs sneeze, the rest of the company gets cancer. It's like that important that they don't – that they stay healthy and moving in the right direction. And, and so our messaging and our sequences is one of those things that, like, I'll never lose control of ever again. Like, somebody can have ideas and all that, but, like – Ultimately, in the end, it come, it will drastically affect revenue generation if it goes wrong for too long. And so, like, that's not something that I'm going to just see like I did last time. Right. So there you go. And then what's your relationship like with the, your head of marketing? And how do you guys work together to make sure that they're creating the brand image and feeding into the SDR organization? Well, I don't know if I've been lucky, uh, blessed or cursed, you know, lucky or unlucky. Uh, we don't have any marketing. I have one lady in marketing. Actually, we just hired a product marketer a couple months ago. And I think we have uh, something else coming on board. But we're right now really looking for a marketing leader. So I haven't had to deal with that. Like the branding and all that has kind of just been on me because there's nobody else to help me with the marketing. But I tell you what, I do know, I do have some very uh, strong opinions now about how I want marketing to help me and assist us and with that kind of messaging and stuff because I've had, I've been without it for so long. I, I so, I so um, painfully feel the need 
for some help with someone that really knows how to do that because I, what I've realized is I'm my expertise in that area is inadequate. And so I'm super excited to like figure that out, but I don't, I don't have any answers yet other than to tell that person, like, I can't wait for you to come on board and like to help us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you've been kind of, you know, doing it yourself to some extent, figuring it out, you know, on the fly and not now, you know, to have an ally there. Um, what are two or three things that you would talk about with the person? You know, if, say you, you were in the interview process and you were saying, okay, here are two of the three of the things that we, we've got to start doing. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, I've never been at a company that takes hiring so seriously, especially leadership positions. I think we had three meetings. We have like a nine-page document and we had to each come up. Everybody that interviews had to come up with five questions and two assigned quality areas that we agreed upon are qualities that this uh, leader needs to have in the company. The things that I was looking for was audacity. Like, do you have the brave, uh, the courage? Are you brave enough to like do the thing that you know is right or is risky, but like you, um, you know, everybody's telling you it's not right, but in your heart of hearts, you feel like it is. So that's the one thing that I look for. And the other thing is, you know, our, one of our corporate values is grit. And like, if you aren't going to grit and grind and get in the dirt and, and get dirty, like our CEO does every day, like I do every day, then like, you're just not going to fit here. So like the, all the questions I ask are around that. Like, so I don't know how to market. I don't know that much about marketing. I don't know what they need to do or what they don't need to do. All I know is like I need somebody that like that can give me better messaging that can perform better than what my sales messaging is right now. Uh, I think our sales messaging performs like unbelievably, but I can't wait for somebody to like put the icing on top of the cake. Nice. Well, that that sounds like a pretty intense process for getting someone on board. Is that sort of a, a leftover from the Microsoft days on Manny's <laughs> side? <laughs> or how did you guys come up with that? It wouldn't surprise me. Really what it comes down to is what, this is what we found is in, in, is if we get people like us, everything is simple and everything is wonderful. But when we somehow hire somebody that's not like us, then it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And so like we really have decided we're going to put the effort up front to like define what like us means in that role. And then we just go hunting for that. And so, you know, it might, it is like really involved, but you know, that's for a senior VP CMO level type of person. We obviously wouldn't do that for, uh, you know, an individual contributor type, but like for that specific role, it's, it's really important that the person that we get comes in like ready to like, absolutely destroy it and so i you know, i think that we're going to find somebody because we know exactly what we're looking for no i mean and you know in a uh you know up and coming company it's so critical to have that first team right i mean just in the first few years if you get that right like you said everything becomes so much easier um if you get it wrong it just becomes a nightmare <laughs> yeah so, you know man yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. Next to the, you work next to the wrong person every day and like your life is hell. <laughs> you work I next do. to the right person every day and like you love coming to work. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's it makes all the difference. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you've been doing the VP job there for a few years. You came from starting it from scratch, you and Manny, you know, up at two in the morning. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and now the company is really taking off. You guys are getting funding. What's next for you? Where do you see yourself going with all this um, in the next few years? Yeah, I mean, um, 
the plan is set, man. You know what I mean? Uh, we're out to win. We have a, an agree, a, a very aggressive goal. We're starting to fill in with like upper level, you know, management people, like people that are here to help me and help me be successful that have been there, done that and really fit our culture. And so for me, what I'm looking at doing is, is, um, you know, I am a master of all trades right now and I don't, I don't like that. I like to be specialized. And so we're, I'm trying to find out like what area of the business I can have the greatest impact on and can help out with the most and making sure that like the rest of the organization has the people in place that can handle the stuff that I'm not, not, not as good at, you know, I can, and I can honestly say like for the, my last three or four leadership hires have all been people that are way smarter, way better and way more experienced than me and would never hire me if I was like looking for a job at outreach because I'm just not on their level. And so my job is just to find more of those people and like make myself the dumbest dude at outreach. And, you know, I'll still work hard every day, but like, I want everybody to be better and smarter than me. <laughs> nice. That's amazing. Not that I... <laughs> not that hard either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's funny because I've seen that quote before. If you're, you know, the dumbest guy in the room, you're doing something right because it elevates <laughs> the whole thing and you're, you're making that happen. And, and, you know, that shows a lot of humility, you know, to, to be able to want to step up in that way and, and, and uh, create a team like that. So, no, man, anytime, anytime I can help, let me know. <laughs>